This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. So, Blair, we have a guest with us today, which is just lovely. I love talking to clients who have come and, and gotten some assistance with you. Yeah, I'm thrilled as well to welcome Darlene on our show today uh, and really thrilled because I know from hearing from other listeners that it's when people share their actual perspectives, their experiences, it can resonate with so many people, people who feel like they're alone, the only person facing a debt problem. Um, So welcome, Darlene. Thrilled to have you today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wonder if we can start off. Can you tell me a bit about the situation that brought you to Sands & Associates? What were you facing at the time? What what was it like? Well, um, I had a few credit cards and things were not too bad for a while, but um, it didn't take too long. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, I was maxed out at my uh, top of my balance there. And I started to realize that um, I was paying more in interest than I was against the principal, and I started to get really scared. Um, Mm. I didn't think that I would be able to dig myself out of a hole like that, and I really didn't know where to turn. Um, Mm. I saw the ad on TV, a couple of them, and it sparked my, um, you know, interest, and I thought perhaps... You know, it would be something for me. I, I was scared. You know, mm-hmm. I think everybody's kind of scared when it comes to money and making decisions, especially when it comes to, like, bankruptcy or, or um, trying to consolidate your debts and stuff like that. But it, it was the right step for me, and uh, it's really helped me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's never a comfortable situation when people come to see us. They're obviously struggling for, for some reason. And was there anything particular that happened that led to the debt accumulating? Or was it, you know, cost of living, things built up over time? Well, is there anything you can point to? It was cost of living and I lost my job. So mm-hmm. I wasn't able to make, you know, my payments the way I wanted to. Um, you know, COVID hit and that was a big struggle in the beginning. Right. And yeah, I just found that I, you know, all of a sudden I I really didn't have any money. Uh, all my money was going to paying minimum balances, and it, it was just going to the interest. None of the principal was being cut down, so I, I was going nowhere fast. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on the show when people look at their credit card statements and they see, hey, it's a few thousand dollars, but it's decades for for me to pay it off. Um, And, you know, we call it the minimum payment trap because, you know, you're doing what the bank's asking, you're paying minimum payments. But sometimes people come to that realization like you did that, well, I'm really not getting ahead. I'm treading water at best and probably making the bank a lot of money. But what about my Mm -hmm. quality of life as well? Exactly. I really had no quality of life. I was stressed out constantly you know, struggling, you know, pinching pennies, um, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul sort of thing. And, and it w- just wasn't working for me. So, you know, I uh, I took the advice of the ad that I saw on TV and, and I braved the call and I couldn't have been happier. I talked to a wonderful lady, Kimberly, and great, she yeah. was amazing. 
She mm-hmm. took away all my stresses. In one phone call, I went from being stressed out to being calm and just feeling at ease. And it, it's, it's amazing, you know, what she did for me. Um, she explained everything in great detail. She gave me, you know, a few different options of what I could do, and we discussed what would be the best for me, and she took it from there. She, you know, did all the arrangements, and, you know, uh, other than a couple of phone calls, I really didn't have to do much, and all of a sudden it was brought down to a payment that I could make where I wasn't taking away from my food money or my, you know, my daily expenses sort of thing, and... Yeah, I mean, if if anybody is struggling out there with debt and they're just making minimum payments, the best thing you can do for yourself is to get go to Sands and Associates and get your your debts consolidated because it just takes away so much stress and mm-hmm. it gives you opportunity to get back on your feet again. You know, I mean. Once you get everything all paid off and you're in the clear, then, you know, it's so much better. I've learned um, we had two phone calls where we mm-hmm. discussed um, budgeting and finances and stuff, which were very the informative. The counseling sessions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I found them very informative and, um, you know, gave me some good ideas on how to budget better and, you know, what to look for and, um yeah, I just I found it to be a really good experience. It wasn't as scary as I thought. You know, I was really scared at first, but she took all that away and just made it a really pleasant experience. I'm so, so thrilled. If you could see me, Darlene, you'd see me smiling for, from ear to ear because I've worked with Kimberly now for 14 years and she's one of our, our longest standing employees at Sands. She's coming up on 30 years with the company. And just the way you're describing is exactly the way that all my interactions are with Kimberly. She's respectful, empathetic, mm-hmm. um, you know, really, really care, cares. Uh, and I'm so thrilled even from that first meeting, you know, you could feel that. Uh, so that she that's never the, made yeah. me feel the least bit bad. You know, like for being in debt and being, you know, having maxed out my card. She never made me feel bad about anything. She just was very positive and upbeat and worked to get the right proposal for me. And Mm -hmm. it was really quick and simple and stress-free. And just, yeah, if anybody's out there, just go for it. Dial that number Mm -hmm. and you'll be amazed because it'll change your life. No, I, I'm so thrilled to, to hear all of that, Darlene. Now, my experience, too, is a lot of people, they struggle for a period of time. You know, in, in my opinion, they, they suffer for too long. Our research shows it can be up to two years from people start to feel like they got a debt problem when they're on the phone with us, making that first call, getting the plan in place. What did that look like for you? Was there a period of time when you weren't sure what to do? And, you know, how did you feel and how long did that last? It took me a couple of years of where I was making minimum payments and just struggling along. And I knew I had to do something, but I didn't know what to do. And I was scared. Um, You know, I I had heard of bankruptcy and I know that, you know, that costs a lot of money. And then your credits, you know, messed up for seven years or whatever. And I waited, like I said, the two years. And but Mm -hmm. if I had was smart enough, I would have I would have fallen sooner because it. (laughs) I could have alleviated a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think people wait because they're scared 
and they, they don't know what to expect and they don't want a black mark on their credit rating. Um, but it, it's not that. It's not that at all. Um, it doesn't darken your credit rating. As a matter of fact, it makes it better because you alleviate all your debts in, yeah. you know, by consolidating them and putting them together and paying them off just makes it easier. Yeah, I think the insights that you're sharing there, Darlene, are so valuable uh, because a lot of people, they hesitate to reach out because they have some idea that bankruptcy is the worst possible thing in the world. And, you know, we've got a YouTube video that says bankruptcy is not as bad as you think. And it really isn't for a lot of people, but it's also, it's far from the only option. It's about one in 10 people that we see uh, file a bankruptcy these days. About nine in 10 people file a consumer proposal, uh, which mm-hmm. is what you did. But I'd say the vast majority of those nine out of 10, they thought they were calling just a bankruptcy service and that's all they're going to be able to do so when people actually figure out about what a proposal is um, you know they have a whole lot more hope and they tend to feel a lot more pride too saying well you know i didn't take um, the easier way out if you can call it that a bankruptcy i faced this head-on here's what i can afford to repay and this crazy interest rate well that has to stop immediately and of course that's never going to get it out of debt if they're charging a 20 or 30 percent interest when you do mm-hmm. a proposal you get something you can afford that gives you that quality of life you know and i also took away from your comments that you know you were a bit hard on yourself but hearing your story objectively you know people lose their job through no fault of their own and we've just come through this global pandemic which none of us obviously had a a hand in causing but we all felt the impact so Mm -hmm. so many people are are suffering and i'm sure some folks have been suffering since 2020 2021 uh maybe hearing a bit of your story um, is really going to help them cause cause to reach out um, I'm curious how you're doing now. So how has the experience been on your financial attitudes? What's the impact been? How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm back to work now. And, um, you know, I, I can afford to pay all my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a credit card because I'm cash only now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Until that's okay. Until <laughs> I get, you know, everything straightened out. But, um, mm-hmm. No, I'm doing really good. I'm, you know, I'm very happy. I'm not nearly as stressed out as I was before. It's taken all of that away. Um, you know, I make my monthly payment and it's within my means and it doesn't uh, take away from my basic necessities of life. Um, you know, I, I couldn't be in a better place right now, you know, compared to, you know, days before I made the call to compare to where I am today is just night and day. And do you remember, and I don't need the exact numbers if you don't recall, but do you remember how much you were being asked to pay on your debts before you came to see us and then what you're paying on, on the proposal now, if, if you're comfortable sharing any ballparks on yeah, that? Yeah, it was about $17,000 that I owed, yeah. and I ended up paying just under eight. Okay, so just under half, and that's what we talk about a lot. A proposal will save you usually a half, maybe two-thirds, depending on the situation. Hmm. Yeah, so basically uh, I'm paying all the principal and none of the interest. <laughs> right, so what you actually borrowed and then the interest got away and it doubled it on you. That, that debts will double in every three years if they're about 24% interest, which is probably where you were at there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Was there anything that surprised you about the process of getting help with your debts? It sounded like you anticipated the first conversation would be more difficult than it was, but uh, anything along those lines that would surprise people? I think you'd be surprised at just how genuine the people are at Sands and how comfortable they make you and how informative they are, how helpful they are. Um, They give you lots of options and all the information that you need and there's no pressure to do anything. 
yeah, I I just found it to be a great experience. I mean, it, it took me from darkness to light. I wish I had done it a long time sooner. You know, I wish I hadn't waited. I think, you know, you wait out of fear, but once you get there, you realize there's nothing to be afraid of. It's quite the opposite. It's a good thing. I'm just going to jump in here um, and just say as we wind up this segment, um, Darlene, you know, you must know that you've changed people's lives just by coming and talking to Blair about your situation because people... They, some, there might be somebody who for the first time has heard that it's okay to ask for some help and that it wasn't as painful as you thought it was going to be. So that must be the same for them as they make that first phone call and, and get some help. It's just so great. I just want to thank you so much for coming on uh, the segment with Blair today. Oh, absolutely. And I hope that more people do phone and, and take that initiative to make their lives so much better than it, you know, than it is right now because... You know, it's so easy to get into debt, and it's hard to get out. But, um, you know, with the help of Sands and Associates, there is a way. Wonderful. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. This segment is, what are my debt relief options if I've been bankrupt before. And this is interesting because you're not alone from what I understand from reading a little bit about this segment and what it entails that you aren't alone. There are people who have gone through this before. And uh, Sands has some very solid data on how this can happen more than once and then how they help you through it and the particulars about it too. So Blair, can you start by talking a bit about the common challenges or situations that can trigger a debt problem? And are there similar scenarios that that you run into amongst folks that you're working with. Yeah, so one thing I've learned from being a trustee for about 15 years now is a money problem can happen to anybody at any time, and it can often be someone that's doing all the right things, but then there's just significant matters outside of their immediate control that can really put them in a tough financial situation. So every year we study our client base, we ask some really detailed survey questions. Uh, In the most recent study for 2022, uh, the top four out of five causes of debt uh, were what we'd consider outside of an individual control and they were uh, using credit for essential costs of living that income couldn't cover so things just got too expensive and wages didn't keep pace that's one in five people that come to see us for debt help Um, the other three of the of the main causes are very clearly outside of someone's control so illness injury or health related problems yes your health care might be covered but what about your income when you have to take time off work what about expenses for therapies that aren't covered a medical ex- expense or a medical incident can really set somebody back financially uh, marital or relationship breakdown this is quite intuitive uh, Breaking down a relationship can be very emotionally traumatic, but it can also be very tough on your finances. Cost to reestablish two single households, um, cost if there's lawyer fees or custody battles or things in play there. And then finally, uh, job-related, a job loss, a layoff, a reduction in income. So we saw during the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of folks that would clearly be working as hard as they possibly could just didn't have any option of doing that. They had their income interrupted, sometimes for months on end, uh, and that put them really behind on on what they needed to do. It's only about one in four people that we work with really identify that, okay, they mismanaged. They said they had an overextension of credit. They had some general financial mismanagement management, 
for the most part, for four out of five people, it's those causes that I've just went through above. And sometimes there's some other ones a little bit outside of the top five, but things like your spousal income had decreased. There's suddenly a lot more money coming into the household. Um, sometimes there's a dependent that needs extra support. That's often elderly parents these days, or sometimes it's elderly parents who are taking care of adult children uh, who've had income interrupted or some health issues. And then finally, there can be some business failure. Um, of all the folks that go through a bankruptcy or a proposal, as you mentioned, Elaine, there are some people that have to use this remedy more than once, and sometimes it can be for completely different reasons. The most recent statistics from my regulator, the superintendent of bankruptcy, said that in 2021, about 21% of consumers who filed bankruptcy or made a consumer proposal had filed a previous bankruptcy before that second time. Wow. That's quite significant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It wow. is. And, you know, in some cases, you know, it was a, a bankruptcy in the late 70s or early 80s because interest rates were crazy. Um, and now the person is retired and having health concerns. So it can be some Got very it. different circumstances. Uh, but certainly there are a proportion of people that have to use the system more than once. Um, and again, the system is, is designed to allow for that. We're going to talk a bit more about that. Yeah. So what are some of the signs that you that, that's very clear that it's time for you to sit down with a uh, licensed insolvency trustee? Uh, what are those signs, Blair, and how can they help? Well, it can be difficult to know that you really need help. And sometimes even if you've been through a previous bankruptcy, the warning signs the second time around might be completely different. The first one might be completely a real estate driven. Uh, the second one might be a health issue. But there are a couple things that really hold true um, that when you're in a money problem, uh, it really can be all consuming. So the idea of overwhelming stress, of constantly thinking about your debt, um, in today's day and age, only making minimum payments on your credit cards, that's quite a big warning sign. Um, even just a few thousand dollars of debt can be decades to pay off just at minimum payments. Uh, if you're relying on credit to make up the gap between your household income and your monthly living expenses every month, a little bit more goes on to the debt and nothing is getting paid down. Um, sometimes if you've been reaching out for a consolidation loan, you've been turned down, um, that's a big warning sign that, okay, you know, things are probably not good if you're seeking to consolidate your debt and the lender is saying, well, you know, that's a little bit too risky. And there's some pretty obvious ones, either threats or maybe already occurring collections, court actions, wage seizures or account balance seizures. Uh, the simple way to say it is if you think you have a debt problem, if it's really on your mind, you probably do. You'd probably really benefit from getting some advice. It's certainly not a foregone conclusion that if you filed bankruptcy once, you have to do that again. For the vast majority of cases, they're able to avoid a second bankruptcy. But as with everything, if you reach out early enough, you have more more options than if you reach out at the 11th hour. Now, if you're one of those people that, that Blair literally uh, sort of mentioned, if you think you have a debt problem, you likely do. This is the phone number, 1-800-661-3030, to reach out from somebody at Sands & Associates. And it's not about you knowing, going in the door, this is what I have to do. I have to file for bankruptcy or I have to do a consumer proposal. It's It can be, this is my situation. What do you think? Is there? Have you got some options for me? Can you assist me in some way, support me in some way? This is the kind of people that you're dealing with at Sands & Associates. So Blair, let's talk. Oh, I want to mention the phone number again, 1-800-661-3030 or their website, sands-trustee.com. So can you talk a little bit about how a second bankruptcy would work for folks? 
Well, certainly. So in Canada, the bankruptcy proceeding, it's pretty private. Uh, it's quite straightforward. And in most cases, people keep all of their assets. So what happens when you file for bankruptcy is you get forgiveness for virtually all of your debts. So it includes credit cards, overdrafts, amounts owing to the government for tax debt, uh, even ICBC debt, payday loans, student loans, essentially you name it, uh, everything outside of you know child support, spousal support, all other debts can be included in a bankruptcy. What happens when you're in the bankruptcy bankruptcy proceeding is you're protected. Your assets and your income that might be vulnerable to creditors outside of a bankruptcy, all of those things gain protection while you're under the supervision of a trustee. Uh, you stop the debt stress and you really focus on getting a financial fresh start from the never-ending debt payments. Uh, what happens when you're in a bankruptcy, you have to complete a few main duties. Now, the, the most important ones are every month you're in a bankruptcy, you complete a monthly budget. You have to submit to the trustee to show how much income is coming into the household and where that money's going. So part of bankruptcy is financial rehabilitation. And one of the best tools is just to do monthly budgeting that you have to attest to and say, yep, this is my income and here's where it goes. Uh, you have to attend two private financial credit counseling sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions, not a group session, really focused on your situation, where we're going to talk to you about rebuilding your credit, setting that budget, life after the bankruptcy is done. And then a couple other little things like giving the tax documents when it's time to file taxes, you know, answering the phone, if the trustee calls, asking questions about a certain thing on your budget, but relatively straightforward. The big difference if it's not a first bankruptcy is that a second bankruptcy takes longer to complete, uh, costs you a little bit more, uh, and it is on your credit for a longer period of time. So a lot of folks, they do find a second bankruptcy. It's worth seeing what the alternatives are to try to avoid it. But if you have to go through a second bankruptcy, uh, what happens is if you're considered low income, you remain in the state of bankruptcy for 24 months. If you're not considered low income, you remain in the state of bankruptcy for 36 months. Each of those scenarios are about 15 months longer than if it was a first bankruptcy. So a first bankruptcy of someone is low income is just nine months. Second bankruptcy is 24 months. Um, and then the cost of a second bankruptcy, they are increased because the duration is longer. So a first bankruptcy is normally about $2,300 uh, payable over nine months. Uh, a second bankruptcy uh, is more than double that cost. So it's usually around $7,200 uh, payable at about $300 per month. Uh, one of the biggest factors of why people try to avoid a second bankruptcy, and not just because you'll be in there for at least two or three years, but it's also the credit rating impact. It's significantly more punitive than a first-time bankruptcy. After you finish a second bankruptcy, there's 14 years of credit history impact. It doesn't fall off for 14 years after it's done, so at least two to three years to complete it plus 14 years, um, and that's significantly more than just a first-time bankruptcy, which is six years of credit impact after it's done. So it's a big difference uh, doing the second time versus the first time. And the thing that you love to talk about is the consumer proposal. And, uh, and I know, just because I know what this segment's all about, that that's often the best next option for a second for a second bank or not a second bankruptcy but a second time around the block mm -hmm to do things differently using a consumer proposal. Let's talk about that in our last couple of minutes. 
Yeah, exactly. So a consumer proposal is the most powerful means of consolidating your debt, reducing it down to what you can afford and helping you avoid a bankruptcy. And a lot of folks I deal with, they say, well, if this proposal thing existed 20 years ago, I wouldn't have filed a bankruptcy in the first place because this proposal was exactly what I needed. So in some cases, a proposal might even cost you less than a bankruptcy, not in every case, but in some cases, the way a proposal works is all of the debt is consolidated together. Um, you calculate uh, with the trustee, of course, how much you're actually able to to afford to repay on the debt. Sometimes it's in the range of 20 or 30% of the total amount. You don't pay anything extra above and beyond the proposal payment. Um, all the costs of administrations are included. You still receive the same great two financial counseling sessions. Um, and what's even more important for a lot of folks too, is it's over and done with on the credit report much more quickly. So a consumer proposal, and it could even be a second consumer proposal, there's not a limit on these. It only lasts for a maximum of six years from the day that you sign it or one year from when it's paid off. So if a proposal was for five years, literally a year after you're done making your payments, it's gone off your credit history like it never happened. So it's a less severe means of dealing with your debt. And for a lot of folks who file the first time bankruptcy, they come into our office thinking that a second bankruptcy is their only option. And they're just overjoyed to find, hey, a consumer proposal can be a better way for them to move forward. Uh, and I think it's really important just to remind folks that a consumer proposal is only can only be attained through a licensed insolvency trustee. No one else can facilitate that for you. Well, that's right. And sometimes if you start looking online, you'll see, oh, there's this government program and government debt repayment. Those don't mean anything. There are no government debt programs other than a consumer proposal. And if someone is saying you need to pay an upfront fee, you need to pay to get connected to a trustee, they are a middleman or a middle person who's just trying to take money for providing no value. Cost you nothing to meet with a trustee to figure out about this option. A trustee is the only person that can file this. So it's always in your best interest to deal directly with a trustee right from the start. Yeah. So if, if this is the time to get confidential debt advice from a non-judgmental expert who actually cares and is and is able to facilitate this for you, book your free consultation with a local Sands and Associates licensed insolvency trustee today. We'll be back with more right after this. This segment is all about the payday loan loop. We're going to talk about some key risks to using payday and fast cash loans and what to do if you get caught up in that cycle. Uh, Blair has said time and time again that payday and other fast cash style loans are among the riskiest types of debt that experts talk about. And so in this segment, we're going to talk about what makes this type of borrowing so problematic and what you can do if you found yourself in that loop. So, and Blair, just doing a little bit of reading about payday loans, and specifically in this province, um, BC seems to have some pretty clear rules. Do you know offhand, and I know this is kind of off topic for a second, is BC different than other provinces? Are we more lax or more strict when it comes to these things? Do you have a sense of that? I know the majority of provinces do have their own sets of rules, any of the, the large provinces for sure. Um, I haven't compared against, you know, somewhere like Ontario or Alberta. I think it's in general pretty similar. There's some guidelines around these types of financing, uh, but it still doesn't mean that it's not dangerous, as we're going to talk about today. There's a lot of ways people can get into trouble with payday loans, even though there are some regulations around there. 
Absolutely. And of course, the cost of things is crazy and it sort of forces people to possibly make some poor choices. And, and specifically, we're going to talk about the payday loan loop. And, and, and uh, I know, uh, Blair, that we'll start off this segment talking about what it is and how it works in this province. Yeah, for, for sure. And payday loans, it's a topic kind of near and dear to my heart because I see it as one of the most dangerous forms of consumer finance. Uh, I remember a, a few years back, I was called by the Globe and Mail to comment on payday loans. And I remember saying, well, these are the crack cocaine of consumer debt. It's so dangerous. They're so addictive. I thought there's no way they're ever going to run that quote. And that's actually exactly what they ran in, in the article. Um, so I make no, no bones about it. I think this is a very dangerous style of financing. Uh, what a payday loan is, it's a short-term high-cost loan where the province of BC you can borrow up to $1,500 and you get up to 62 days to pay back the loan. Um, the loan can't be for more than 50% of your paycheck. Uh, you can get the loans either in-store or increasingly online. And the idea of a payday loan is, you know, different than a credit card or a long-term bank loan. It's meant to cover a cash shortfall for just a short period of time with the idea you're going to pay the loan back on your next paycheck. Um, the fees and the costs can vary a little bit uh, from depending on the province that you're you're living in. In BC, Consumer Protection BC oversees payday loans. Um, and in terms of how many people actually use payday loans, it's a bit of a dated study, but it's back to 2016. I've certainly seen it grow since then. But in 2016, the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada said that more than 4% of Canadian households had used payday loans, and that had more than doubled in recent years. And I know from our research, we've seen payday loans as the fastest fastest growing uh, type of debt that our, our clients are presenting with. What's different about payday loans is they're meant to be re repaid in just a few short weeks. Um, you're often able to get the loans without any credit check. Um, it's usually a flat fee interest charge that's applied when you pay it on time. And in general, the repayment dates are organized right around your paydays. Uh, what the study also found, <clears throat> the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada study, it said that less than half or 43% of payday loan users polled actually understood that a payday loan was more expensive than the alternatives. And you might ask, well, well, how expensive? And you know, you often hear, well, credit cards might be 20 or 30% interest. Well, the way a payday loan works, it can be a little bit tough to understand right off the top what the interest rate is, but we've done some of the math for you here. The way it works is a payday lender could charge you $15 for every $100 that you borrow. So if you take out a $500 payday loan, you can be charged up to $75 in interest and fees. But when you do the math, that was a bi-weekly payday loan. So you had the money out just for two weeks to get you through to your next paycheck. That's actually an interest rate of 400%. Like that's staggering. Uh, the Criminal Code of Canada says the maximum interest rate you can charge is 60%, but there's special exemptions for payday loans to allow, allow them to charge that much, that kind of fees. So the really important thing is that if you're going to take out a payday loan to make sure you can pay it off on time, because if you don't pay it off on time, that 400%, it's is already high, it just goes up because they're going to charge you fees if you don't have money to pay that, that account when it's due. Your bank might double you up on an NSF fee as well. It could easily be over $100, the combination of those fees. Um, the lender can continue to charge you interest and they may bring in a collection agency. Um, and I can tell you from experience that the most aggressive collectors that we've ever dealt with at Sands and Associates are from online payday lenders uh, where they harass, cajole, intimidate every uh, 
you know, type of, of dirty trick you can imagine are uh, what online payday lenders will do to try to extract payment from an individual. So a lot of risks, a lot of high costs, and certainly something that consumers should be aware of and, and think twice, hopefully, before they take one out, unless they're very certain they can repay it when it's due. It's almost, uh, it, it does sound almost criminal, doesn't it, that those kinds of fees and, and interest rate charges can be charged to a consumer who's obviously in trouble or needing some uh, support or help to get something paid for. Uh, it's just, oh man, it's just hard to believe that they're allowed to do that. Regardless, they are, that's the fact. Um, and if you are in that situation and you know you need to get some help, 1-800-661-3030 is the number which will get you in touch with somebody from Sands and Associates so you can sit down, they can help you look at your situation and see if there isn't uh, something better that you can do to get you out of that particular situation. Um, we talked about the actual cost of the loan as being so uh, high and, uh, and, and risky, but there's more to a payday loan that's risky. Blair, you have some very clear thoughts about that. Yeah, well, the thing that tends to make payday loans so risky is that it usually doesn't end up at one. It's usually a case that creates a cycle where sometimes people are just frantically moving money around six, 10, even 15 different payday lenders. And, you know, just exploring through an example, you can see how that how that could build up. So if you were to borrow $300 from a payday lender and paying that $15 per $100 borrowed, in 14 days, you have to pay back $345. Again, that's that interest rate of $391% or approaching 400% here. If your usual paycheck is $1,000 after taxes and deductions, and you know, you're stretched to the budget, you need that $1,000 just to meet your current expenses. Well, now you've only got $655 left after you repay your loan. So what do you do? Well, you probably have to borrow again because those expenses need to be paid. And when you compare payday loan costs against other typical uh, means of borrowing, you know, it, it's just crazy the amount of difference. So again, that payday loan we talked about, $45 of interest charges on the $300 for two weeks. If it was a line of credit, assuming a small $5 admin fee, $8 annual interest rate, that'd be less than $6, $5.92 to be exact. If you put it on your overdraft, it'd be about $7.42, again, compared to 45, just a fraction of that. And even if you used a credit card, which again, we're all about, let's not put things on credit cards if we can avoid it, you'd still be paying less than $8 in interest compared to $45. So the challenge with a payday loan is just the interest cost create a gap in the budget. And oftentimes the only way to, to fill that gap is to incur another payday loan and then a third, and, and it can just stress people out to, to the max. And there are limits to how many payday loans an individual lender can give you. But again, people just shop around and there are no shortage of individual payday lenders uh, who seem to have no problem advancing one payday loan after another to people. Now, this show is so dedicated towards giving folks a hand and ideas and information to assist them in a, in a debt situation. Um, I, I, and we just have about a minute or so left for this segment. But there are alternatives to payday loans. And can you give, just give us a, a real uh, lovely sketch of those, what those options are for folks if they're just thinking, there's no way out of this for me. What else could I do? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, in some of these will make sense in certain situations, some just won't apply. But it's always important to think about what's the reason for the loan? What is it that I'm trying to, to fill that payment gap on? Um, the best way to inoculate yourself against needing to use a payday loan is to have an emergency savings fund. So whether that's feasible or not, even starting to put away, you know, $50 a month in the space of a couple of years, that is going to be something that you can dig into if you need to, to meet an emergency expense. Um, in some cases, when you look at what the payday loan is for, if it's for rent, and you You've never been late on your rent before it's probably worth having a chat with your landlord and saying hey can we pay the rent a few days later if it's an isolated incident they'd probably be just fine with it uh, you can even consider asking your employer for a pay advance or even a payout of your vacation pay so sometimes having a what might not be the most pleasant conversation but a real conversation with the person that you're concerned about letting down again whether it's a landlord or getting an advance on your pay that can be a great alternative to just borrowing from a payday lender we'll be back with more right after this just one of the many, many benefits of working with a licensed insolvency trustee, especially at Sands & Associates, is the support you get. And in this segment, we're going to talk about what that one-on-one -on -one counseling session looks like with the qualified insolvency counselor. Uh, financial literacy, credit counseling resources are all part of working with a licensed insolvency trustee. And Blair's going to take us through that financial counseling process. So Blair, first of all, can you outline why financial counseling happens when working with a licensed insolvency trustee at SANS? Well, sure, Elaine. So financial counseling, it's an integral part of the solutions a trustee has to offer. So there are two main ways that we help people get out of debt. Of course, there's informal advice and some coaching, but to really reduce and eliminate debt, uh, we help them file either a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy. And it's enshrined in the laws that govern both of these resources um, that you have to attend two financial one-on-one, -on -one, uh, sorry, two one-on-one -on -one financial counseling sessions. And I say have to, but for most people, this is just just a huge benefit and of all the things people call me about years later saying they had you know a really um, good experience with the firm most people really mentioned that the counseling stands out as something that really put them on a good path gave them some good tools techniques best practices even the chance to just have some really in-depth discussions with a qualified counselor so what happens before you can complete a consumer proposal or before you can exit personal bankruptcy you have to meet with the counselor at least two times and the idea is the counseling is intended to help you boost your financial literacy give you some confidence in your ability to manage your personal finances and give some tools and resources for ongoing future success and the person that you're meeting with, uh, they're what's called a qualified insolvency counselor. So not just anybody can can undertake this counseling. Uh, it's someone who has to successfully complete a practical course for this unique type of counseling. It's a defined course of study. Um, they have to be registered by the licensed insolvency trustee in charge of the file. And that trustee has to attest and sign off that this counselor has the necessary training, experience, knowledge, skills, and competencies to lead really good insolvency counseling sessions. They have to keep up to date. They have to complete ongoing professional training at least every two years. There's some requirements uh, and they have to demonstrate they're of good character. They're going to be able to support people, help them get through what can be a very difficult time in their lives. Um, a couple things that they can't do, uh, a counselor can't have any sort of an incompatible occupation. So it can't be a lender that's going to push you into a certain way. Uh, it can't be someone who offers their own credit counseling services. Uh, they can't accept any separate uh, compensation or remuneration from the client. It has to really be seen as above board, as highly ethical, as something that's really a good means of getting somebody back on track. Um, 
as part of the counseling sessions as well. The government's invested a lot in these programs. There's even some optional self-directed online learning modules that a lot of people opt to complete before the first counseling session. And that just allows them to have even more of an in-depth discussion with the counselor when they meet them. So great. You know, I'm, I'm not surprised that there's some very clear uh, guidelines and rules that that must be followed for that one on one counseling, both by the person who's participating and the people who are doing it. But I love the fact that there are that you're you're going to get the best of the best when it's when you sit down with somebody to get that really, really super sensitive counseling. And if you already know that this is something that you need to pursue and want to pursue and and that counseling is a part of that, I'll give you the SANS number. It's 1-800-661-3030. And that's for offices all over British Columbia. So Blair, can you give us sort of a bit of a thumbnail of what the topics typically are covered in that first credit counseling session so folks know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the first session, it usually takes place shortly after you filed your consumer proposal or, or declared bankruptcy. So somewhere between 10 to 90 days after you've signed those documents, it can be done in person or remotely via video conferencing, which is quite a bit more common these days, video conferencing. The main focus of the first counseling session is all about budgets. So the goal is that you'll be able to come away from the session with some information and some good support to create and maintain a functional household budget that's realistic to your personal situation. So not everybody gets into trouble because they failed to budget, but having a balanced budget is a really important financial tool and everybody should have one. Uh, what we find too is, you know, no two situa situations are the same, but just about everybody that meets with us, they were really struggling with their budget before they made a filing because they were paying all of their money on debt payments or interest or things like that. Now we've eliminated all those debt payments, probably their proposal or bankruptcy payment is significantly lower. So there can be a real chance here, a real opportunity to set up a good household budget that allows for some savings, allows you to put away an emergency fund, um, making a plan for record keeping of how you're going to manage your spending going forward. Uh, if you wait too long to put a budget in place, you know, um, things happen either by default or by design. And if you fail to design a good budget, you might default into some bad habits. Uh, and you might not really get that great rehabilitation that you want coming through a bankruptcy or a proposal. So the first session, all really about budgets. How do you build one? How do you monitor it? How do you make it realistic for your situation? And having it so early on in the process, that's really the right time because you can make a big change as soon as you've signed the documents. Yeah, I agree. I think that's wonderful that they do it so quickly or, or right off the bat, so to speak. Uh, what about the second session? How, what, is that, what does that entail? Well, the second session is all about the future. So it's talking about your future planning and giving you the support that you need to move forward. Um, so the counselor is going to check in and see how you're doing with your with your proceedings, see how your budget is going. But then we're really going to switch and talk about financial goals. So I always say that getting out of debt, it's, it's a means to an end. So you want to get out of debt using a bankruptcy or a proposal. But there's got to be some goal in mind there. So we'll talk to you about why and how you set what we call SMART goals. And you may have heard this before, but it's a it's a kind of cute acronym. It's specific, measurable, achievable, 
relevant and time-bound goals. So the counselor is going to sit down and say, well, let's talk about some short-term goals over the next year. What are the financial things you'd like to achieve? Some medium-term goals over the next, you know, one to five years, where do you want to be? And then some long-term goals. And for a lot of people, the long-term goal, it might be 10 years out, but they really want to start saving for a down payment or eventually have their credit rating, you know, so rebuilt they could qualify for a mortgage with no problem. So we're going to talk to you about financial goals. Um, talk to you about things that can derail you from achieving your goals, things like some spending habits. Um, how do you use and manage credit as a tool? So what are some best practices for using credit right? Because not all credit is bad. Um, and sometimes credit can be very helpful in a situation. But if it gets in control of you, you know, that that can be the real problem, which most people know. Um, and then we're going to go into a good amount of detail. And everybody is interested in this about understanding your credit score and your credit report. So how do you check your credit history? Um, what should you do after you complete your proceeding to make sure everything is accurate? And how do you take those steps to really build that credit history and credit report back up? And it can happen much more quickly than you ever thought. Usually within about a couple years after your proceeding, you could have your credit rebuilt and we put you on a roadmap to get there. Awesome. So Blair, for somebody who's listening to this, how can, how can they find out more about your debt help services and, and get advice from an LIT and the SANS and Associates operation uh, to look at options to deal with their debt situation? It's never been easier to connect with a trustee. So we serve all of BC at Sands and Associates. All you need to do is reach out. You can do it online at sands-trustee.com or you can give us a call anywhere in the province at 310-0911. And what happens is we'll start with an initial conversation. Nothing formal. It's all confidential. You're not going to be charged any fees and you don't need any referral. You don't need anybody to say, okay, you deserve to see a trustee. Everybody deserves to have a free financial a focused conversation, all worried, all talk, sorry, all concerned about helping you get a fresh start with your debt. Um, you don't have to be in an urgent or critical situation where you're getting tons of collection calls or maybe you're being sued. Some of our clients are, but for a lot of folks, they just realize, hey, I'm just treading water. I'm just making minimum payments. They reach out for help and they sit down with a trustee and they're just so much better for doing so. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.